This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined by my co-host, Dylan Ray. And we have with us from Howl for Wildlife, we have Charles Whitwam. Charles, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on, Jason. Yeah. Round Seville. Round Seville. Yeah. That sound fancy. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I, you know, I never thought I'd be fancy, but when you say it like that, I feel fancy. So, you look fancy with you. the headset on. Oh, yeah. man, thanks. We all, we all do. Yeah. Inst- instant credibility if you wear a headset. Absolutely. Although, you know, I was walking through the mall the other day and somebody called me and they said, Hey, I see you're wearing a headset. And I'm like, Oh, it's because I'm important. They're like, Yeah, but it's not plugged in. I was like, Uh oh. So, anyway, we're uh, moving forward. Charles, this is your uh, repeat performance on the Pope and Young podcast. Yeah, so, that's... welcome back. We're excited to have you. Um, you know, for those that, maybe don't remember or haven't heard that episode yet. We had Charles on, gosh, it's been about a year ago um, in response to the bear um, measure that was, that was trying to get passed. Yeah. We killed it, killed that one. And so give just like a brief, tell, tell our listeners that, that maybe didn't hear the first time, tell them about that and how that, that you were able to get the traction on that. Yeah, so it was a bill introduced from a senator in San Francisco about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, to ban bear hunting in California. And I started a grassroots effort, basically, 
the day after that that was read and it really that grassroots effort caught certainly caught fire um and within five days we had over twenty-seven thousand people signing a petition and making lots of phone calls and it just got a lot of it got a, a lot of attention nationwide and that bill was pulled after that and so for me and to everyone else that i spoke with that had been involved in things like this before they said they'd never seen um hunters come together against something so fast and, 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 and it's kind of with one voice. So for me, it meant there was a hole to be filled. <laughs> there was something missing and it's hunters actually getting involved. Um, so that's, that's when I started working on how for wildlife. Okay. Well, we like it. I remember, you know, when the bear thing came about, we, we tried to lend a hand where we could. And yeah, now with, with the, um, and even since then we have incorporated the protect component into the three P's for Pope and young it's preserve, promote, and protect. So that's something that we're looking to, to, to take a, a bigger role in and not always be the leader or the point person, but just jump in and help out where we can, um, you know, jumping in with you guys jumping in with state organizations and so that's how we thought that that this and how for wildlife was a good fit for us because your goal is basically to keep the anti-hunting measures in front of people so that they have an opportunity yeah. via your site easily to correspond with the the bill makers and the legislators yeah that is our goal there there's it's too easy with the technology that's available today. Um, it well, number one, it, it should be too easy. It just hasn't been that easy for, for whatever reason, but there's, there's so many hunters and anglers and sportsmen and, and non-hunting public who understand the role that, that hunting plays as well. Um, in, you know, in conservation of wildlife and wildlife management in, in overall, the reason why we see the amount of wildlife that we see today, as compared to say a hundred years ago, there's so many people that understand that, but we haven't given them the proper platform for their voice to be heard and for them to do it easily, easily. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing is easily because anybody can do their research and send out a bunch of emails and write a bunch of emails, but, um, people don't, people don't do that. It takes a lot of time. They have full-time jobs. They're doing this, they're doing that. You know, you're going to set aside how much time of your day to, to figure out this stuff for them. So that's, that's what we're trying to do is to provide that info in the simplest way that we can. Sometimes it's difficult because some of these issues are kind of complex, but in the simplest way that we can, but certainly we've provided the the simplest way for you to make your voice heard at least through emails and phone calls and and then even getting involved in commission meetings if you want um we've we've made it you know it's kind of have a support system for that so you don't feel like an idiot and you're you're you know you're getting uh, information um that um that you agree with, but that you might not have, you know, thought about at first because it takes a lot of time to think about this stuff. So we kind of spell it out for you. 
you know, what do you think about this? Does this make sense to you? And then use this language, you know, use this data we're providing to make your voice heard. So, um, at the end of the day, sorry, go ahead. At the end of the day, it takes about three seconds to send, um, an email from yourself to the decision makers on these, on these bills. So, and the emails are, are a variety of emails. You, you might not know it, but if you click, I guess, refresh on the action pages, you'll see the drafted, the pre-drafted email that'll change. So what we're trying to do is have, um, just tons of different emails for each issue already pre-drafted. So it's not a canned email that's being sent to the decision makers. And you can also edit it and add, add stuff at, you know, add info on it that, that you want to add, you know, as well. But, um, but if you don't want to do that, we've got, we've got that provided for you. I was just going to ask you how you kind of go about, you said you lay it out. How do you go about laying out an issue in a way that, um, is understand it like easily understood to the hunter because the anti hunters make these things. So I'm not, I'm not calling us as hunters dumb, but they word it in a way where we're like, wait a minute. Okay. Maybe, maybe that is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they, they word it in a way that we can't understand because they're using our own language. Um, mm. and I say, we can't understand it for the negative. So how do you kind of go about tackling, explaining it in the true light that it really is? Um, well, it's a little more difficult when, so what the, what the anti-hunters do, they use, they, they'll call something science or, or, or data. Um, and, and maybe it's a bit of science in there. Maybe it's, you know, a bit of data, but it's always cherry picking. It's from what I've seen, it's been very deceitful. Here's a case in point. Um, and I, I say this to people all the time. I said, you know, if I didn't know any better and I was presented a survey, they, they do a lot of this stuff through surveys. They'll say 80% of Californians agree that, um, trophy hunting of bear should be, should be banned. And their definition of trophy hunting is we're we are out there killing a bear for the head, right? There's no. There's no mention of the meat consumption. There's no mention of the law <laughs> that you have yeah, to take, that you have to take the meat. Right. Um, and then they'll, and then they'll, they'll throw in there, um, you know, do you, do you think, um, bear hunting should, um, they'll throw in bear cups, like, like we're killing bear cups. There's already laws against that as well. Right. So yeah. if I didn't know any better and I read that, I would say, well, even if you ask me that now, I'd say, yeah, no, I, I, I disagree that, you know, we shouldn't be allowed to do that, but we're not, but they're painting us. They're painting the hunting community as that is what is happening. Right. Yeah. So it's very easy to be deceitful in that, in that way and get the results that you want out of that. And if you don't know any better then you don't know any better and you're kind of being, um, lured into supporting something that you might if you knew the truth, you might not actually support. So it is more difficult for us because we have to explain a lot more. And I'm not talking about, you know, we don't generally need to explain these things to the hunting community, right? But we do, our mission really should be to educate the non-hunting public because we are going to need them on our side. 
for for I think for us to to win out here. But if they are first presented, if they're first contacted by an anti-hunting organization and they're fed this information, it's actually worse for us because now we're facing somebody, an individual or a group or whatnot, who already has this preconceived notion of what we are. So now we have to break that down first, right? And then tell them our story. But again, who has time for that? It just, it's just the way human psychology works. So I think if we can start taking our message, which is supported by data and science and, and, and hit the mainstream first with this, then it makes it harder. So, so then when they hear a message or they see a survey about, you know, trophy hunting and California bears and all that kind of stuff, that person can already say, well, wait a second, there's already a law. This doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? There's already a law against all this. So it's, it's, we need to use tactics here, you know? And, um, so to answer your question, you know, how do we make it simple? Um, I mean, I try to, I look at the content that I'm provided and I try to have it make as much sense as possible for somebody who's, who's looking at one of our action items, um, to say, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. Here's, here it is bullet pointed out. Um, and, uh, and I get it, you know, but it's, it's not as I, the truth is not always the easy way to go, but it's still the truth. You know, it's just kind of the way it works. That's the challenge, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't always have the same pop. It's kind of like, Hey, would you be against people driving 200 miles an hour down your city street? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I'm against that. That's why it's a 25 mile per hour speed limit. It's already, it's already illegal. Yeah. So it's, they, they use the same things. And I, you know, I like to think when you look at hunters and and even outdoorsmen as a whole, I think sometimes we're focused on getting ready for the season versus some of these antis that they really, I don't know what they have to live for other than just kind of messing with other people, but they don't have anything to do. You know, I guess they make sure their tofu, tofu burger doesn't burn or something, but um like this is their thing like we're out there chasing you know deer or elk or fish or whatever our our quarry may be and we're their quarry we're literally their pastime is attacking us yeah and they don't have they don't even understand these issues i mean i saw something come across my desk today that they want to ban hunting on national wildlife refuges and it's like Guys, hunters paid for those refuges. We literally self-imposed the Pittman-Robertson Act taxes on outdoor equipment to make sure that we provided for those. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, okay, well, how are they going to replace this, you know, billions of income? Are the antis going to say, oh, you know what, I didn't. I didn't buy gear to contribute to this. So I'm going to write a check for, you know, like 1500 bucks a year. No, they don't pay anything. They don't do all they do is make noise. So here's our way to where we're already supporting the entire wildlife, you know, conservation effort through our dollars, through our donations, you know, now along the way, you've made it very easy for us to also make some noise and have a voice. Well, that's what it's, that's what it's all about is, um, uh, 
you know, let's make some noise and let's see where that goes. And the, you know, I don't often talk about this because it's coming from me, I guess. And it's kind of like, I don't want to brag, but maybe I should. So what's the word synergy? I think, um, I don't know. One thing I have noticed since the bear ban uh, last year got pulled is I've seen a huge difference. <laughs> and I think a lot of it has to do with the route that we've taken. And then now that how for wildlife has launched, we launched January 11th. I'm just seeing more involvement from everybody. I'm seeing a, a different approach from organizations. I'm seeing the beginning of organizations starting to work with each other instead of going in different directions. Um, so whether it's necessarily through our platform or not, I think what we're showing is that to a point, I'm like, this is ridiculous to even make this point because why would anybody second guess this? But having the base get involved is really important. And yeah. they just haven't been able to before. Um, it hasn't been easy for them to. And, you know, I'll, when we lose issues, what I always heard was, well, enough hunters, we didn't have enough hunters show up and the, the anti-hunters showed up. Okay. Well, let's fix that. Right. So it's strange. I mean, there's some politics involved with this, with the whole thing on, on both sides, but our goal is just to get the hunters involved. And I can't see where that is going to, um, you know, <laughs> We got to, if we're going to put up a fight, we might as well put up a real fight with all of our yeah. numbers. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Um, but I can tell you what the outcome is going to be. If we don't get involved, we can right. see it. We can see it happening every year, you know, less and less and less and less. And, and there's, you know, fish and wildlife commissions, um, commissioners, um, boards, you know, that are getting members, um, you know, confirmed that have zero background, zero background in anything to do with wildlife management. They've never hunted or fished a day in their lives. And in fact, some of them are outspoken. Um, I don't know if I want to, you know, I don't know if you'd call them an extremist or whatnot, but you know, they're, they're not, they're not aligned with, uh, I'll just say this. They're not aligned with the North American model of wildlife conservation. Well, 100%, right. you know, so, um, it, it takes Which, all kinds on that, but it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous precedence for us to go down. If our own commissions who make up the rulemaking for fishing and, 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 and hunting issues are, um, are just kind of politically appointed people. So, and, and we can, we can stand up to that and, and, and have a voice against that. And I think give sound reason on the importance of who we need our commissioners um to be here and and along with that if you look at at how that goes you know these are appointed positions from folks that don't understand they've never been there they've never done that and and that's okay to get you know maybe the other side's perspective from mm -hmm. time to time but on what's what's not really to be questioned is the effectiveness of the north american model it right. is absolutely working. It has been a hundred percent proven to work across the board all over North America. And now all of a sudden they just try to discount that. 
and just do their own little thing. And that's where I have a problem because they're not taking the science and the data and the facts into consideration along those lines. That's where Pope and young, we have a position statement to where we don't believe wildlife management. We believe it, it belongs in the hands of the professional wildlife managers. Yeah. Not in the ballot box. If it's at the ballot box, you have people that, you know, it's like, gosh, you have to take a test before you drive a car, but you don't have to take a test before you vote. Mm. And people don't know what they're talking about. And that's, that's scary. That's something that people have no idea about can radically change how we do things in our lives. Well, then it just becomes a competition of who markets the message the best and who do we, who does the hunting community market the message to ourselves? We market the message to the choir. Yeah. I don't get it. Honestly, I, I don't get the effectiveness of that. Um, who does the humane society of the United States or anti-hunting um, groups, who do they market the message to? They market the message to the mainstream and you might buy it. You might not, but they market that message to the mainstream. So, and they put pressure on, um, you know, these boards or these departments, whoever it is that we're talking about. And that pressure does something. If we don't put pressure, if we don't apply similar pressure, then what is it we're going to do? We're all going to stand in a circle and be like, yeah, we're all hunters here. And we all agree on, on, uh, you know, we all agree on, on these issues, but nobody else around us. Who's not a hunter. They don't even know about these issues. We're not marketing to them at all. Well, well, no. And the problem is as, as outdoors people, we actually go to the root cause, you know, you see humane society, U S or ASP, all of these groups that they're taking their money and they're, they're buying national TV commercial spots. Yeah. They're not helping a resource. They're not putting their money where it needs to be. Yep. They're taking <clears throat> money that could be used for something important, i.e. conservation. Yep. And they're putting it towards marketing. And that's all it is. And, and so here, as, as hunters and fishermen, our money, we put it right where our mouth is. We say, hey, you know what? Gee, ducks, elk, deer, whatever it happens to be, they need X, Y, or Z. And we go out and we raise and we donate the money for that. Yep. And we make a difference. <clears throat> no, you're right. You're right. And that's a great point. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think we do need to also concentrate on yes. issues are going to go to the ballot box. And when they do, where's our $20 million set aside to where we can effectively combat um, whatever that issue is that goes to the ballot box. I, it it, yeah. it it sucks. I'm just saying we need it or, well, it's, you know, you know, we're, they're out there building their war chest to yeah. go to war yeah. and, and, and we're, you know, we're not hammering our plows into swords. We're out there plowing up the land yeah. for white tailed deer. Yeah. And it's, it's the best thing for the deer, but it's not ultimately the best thing for, for hunters long-term. And it's, mm. it's hard to change, you know, 70 years of mentality that that's what we needed to do. And yeah. The other thing that I see that is going to be critical, um, we you know we saw it with the bearish, we've seen it with a couple other ones, but we we tend to be splintered, and maybe that's you know the folks that are attacking us. I think that's part of their platform is hey, 
we're not going to go up and we're not going to headbutt hunting in the right in the middle of the the crowd we're just going to pull off a little on the fringe it's like ah we'll just over here we'll take a little bit a little bit of bear season out over there we'll take uh-huh. uh they don't need to hunt with hounds we'll just take a little bit of that yeah and they're not coming straight on so people think you know it's like a duck hunter looks at it and it's like oh that's kind of a bummer that bear hunters can't use dogs anymore well did you say anything about it did you did you participate well no because it just doesn't pertain to me yeah and that's the mentality that we need to get away from we have got to come together and and by making it easier i believe that you're increasing the chances that the the duck hunter is going to participate in a bear hunting initiative or the bear hunter is going to participate on an elk hunting i think the less we can the easier it is the less time it takes and the easier it is for those you know quote unquote fragmented groups to participate well here's the problem here's the problem that i see you know you and you guys kind of alluded to it is that we're we're pitching our ideas to each other um, rather than than the non-hunting community but the problem is the hunting community is so divided on issues yeah. that we can't even agree amongst ourselves yeah much less get other people on board with us how in the crud does somebody from the outside looking in look into the hunting community see nothing but division and people putting each other down because of what they shoot how they shoot it why they right. shoot it where they shoot it yeah and decide oh yeah they're all they're all right yeah they're they're this is I need to support this because we can't even support ourselves. And so I I think that's the biggest issue is, is we're all trying to get our own agendas pushed and we create division inside of our own group. That's for sure. We 100% do. You should just play whatever animal it is, whatever issue it is. It should just be fill in the blank. Um, The bigger picture. If you ask the anti hunting groups where they would stop on an animal. Okay. They won't. Okay. So a bear is the same as a duck and an elk is the same as a turkey and a fish, a trout, whatever is the same as a Buffalo. I mean, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. That's the way it has to be looked at 100%. And I think the issue in Oregon OP 13 that they're trying to get on the ballot that spells it out for you. That would ban everything, all hunting, all fishing, all of ag. all kind, all ag yeah. of all kinds. So, um, there's your writing on the wall. That's it. Um, so that's the way, that's the way that all needs to be looked at 100%. And that's why we need everybody on the same side streamlined. Yeah. And it's, and you look at that and you're like, well, nobody would be stupid enough to vote for that, but they're getting the signatures. You know, who are these people? Like, yeah. how are they doing this? It's well, Part of it, it's worded, the way it's worded is, I guess, kind of clever. You know, it doesn't stand, it doesn't, it doesn't say what I just said. It doesn't say banning of hunting and fishing and ag, doesn't say that, but that's what it is. Um, That's the, that's the real definition of what they're trying to do. Um, I mean, I don't know how that would sustain itself for the economic impacts and everything would just be absolutely insane, (laughs) you know, but my point is that's the end goal right now oh, we do yeah. we do know that there's there's been you know um mountain lion bands and there's been bear bands and there's been tons of predator bands of course yeah. um and then and then while doing that 
this might, this might lead you into one of your questions. And then while doing that, let's not have bear management, let's not have mountain lion management, but then let's introduce wolves <laughs> on top of that. So, okay. Um, how does this even make any sense at all? We're not going to have predator management, which means the ungulates, both the predators and the ungulates are going to suffer and everything down the line. And then let's also throw in maybe the most efficient apex predator wolves. Um, let's throw that in there and not manage them either. Oh, because wolves used to be here. No, 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 no. Canadian timber wolves never roamed here. That's That's a different, completely different thing. It is. It is a completely different thing. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a management issue from top to bottom. And, and I think the, the way that I, I don't think this is their intention. Like I, I, I don't think the most anti-hunters really think this way at all because they wouldn't do it. They're just, they're, they're passionate about, about things that aren't, that just aren't factual. Um, they are the, the anti-hunting message hurts wildlife. Yes. Okay. So that's why it's sort of a play on words and it's kind of funny to me how for wildlife and showing a wolf and all that with how for wildlife it's, it's okay. Number one, I'm not, I don't want to kill all the wolves. Okay. Like I'm against anybody who's like, Oh, just kill them all. Kill all the predators. You know, that doesn't make any sense because they're, they're part of this as well, but they need to be managed. Okay. Now, if you ask me if wolf should be introduced into a state where there's no other predator management, absolutely not. That's crazy. But the pack, the wolves, that's, that's us. Like we need to be a pack. We need to be efficient in what it is that we're doing. We need to howl with our voices for wildlife because it is saving wildlife when we management practices save wildlife that is what we are doing and we shouldn't be afraid to say that i feel like we don't know we don't talk about that a lot like i've i see anti-hunting groups co-opting the message of saving wildlife or being conservationists and i'm like okay hold on a second no we we have to take that back and we can use imagery of a wolf just fine. We're not hunters and, and, and wolves shouldn't be pitted against each other any, any more than, than, than hunters and Turkey or fish or elk or anything else. It's all, this is all wildlife. And if we want to save all wildlife and, and make it as efficient and productive and healthy as possible, then we have to include all wildlife into that, into that picture and, and don't let any other organization co-opt a message or, or turn us against each other or whatever else, you know, that's so, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, I want the optics to be a little different. And that was what how for wildlife was, was, is it looks different, but well, we are, we're also providing something I think that that is very different and is efficient for actually saving wildlife. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, I've even heard that. So we were talking about it and somebody's like, well, I don't I'm not sure what they are. I mean, they, they have a towel, aren't they for wolves? And, and it's like, <laughs> no, that's, that's not the thing. Well, uncle Billy posted something on Facebook that said this and, and I, well, that's, you know, must be purely factual data if uncle Billy posted it, but you know, you talk to you and it's, it's we're, you're pro honey. You're, yeah. you're pro us being able to have a voice in things. And it's, you know, the, I think that one of the biggest things is that as hunters, 
we communicate, you know, earlier you talked about science and facts. That means something to us. The data has value in the way that we process information to make decisions. And I think in a lot of cases, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people on the other side, they don't, they don't understand the data. I mean, they don't get that, oh, gee, hunters have raised billions upon billions of dollars, not for places to hunt, not for anything that they get, but, but, you know, you look at some of these organizations, they're raising money, they're sending it to Canada to, to help ducks. They're, you know, doing projects in a state, seven states away, because that helps elk. Not because it's in your backyard, not because it will ever have a direct impact for me personally. That's how we've done it. And I think you, you know, the economic, economic impacts. Okay, guess what? If we lose all the hunter and fisherman dollars in the state of Oregon, fish and wildlife ceases to exist here because nobody's, there's no money to look out for it. Now, I guarantee you that all these other people are not going to come up with the thousands upon thousands of dollars per person that hunters and fishermen put into this, Mm. not only through Pittman Robertson, but, but direct donations to, to organizations. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do that. They just want to stop us from being able to, to go out and do what, you know, my ancestors have done my entire, you know, the entire chain here. It's like, this is not new for me. This is something that we've done for generations and generations. hundred percent. Right. And they, and they won't, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to put up the money for that. I don't, I don't even think they even have enough money for that. Honestly, that would, no. you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a perfect, <clears throat> it's a perfect storm with, with, with sportsmen because, um, it, it takes a lifestyle, a hobby, an adventure, a, a, um, a, a sustainable, you know, all the reasons why people do it, all the reasons why people do it, it takes that. And whether you know it or not, whether you think about this actively or not, it's, it's, it's turning the, the dollars spent in your activity through the role of hunting, um, into there's, I don't even know where we would get the money or where we would, yeah. where we would get the resources if it wasn't through if it wasn't through what, you know, what we as, what we as hunters or anglers do, hold on a second, my dogs are going to. Yeah. There's, there's no way to actually get that money. It it just wouldn't exist. Sorry about that. My dogs uh, are going to go crazy. Anyway, what I was saying is um, it's just the perfect storm where we get the money um, to go to, to wildlife conservation and the role that hunters play in keeping keeping the the populations balanced which is through you know quotas given by each state through wildlife biologists where would that come from otherwise how would we accomplish this it really is the perfect storm yeah so it's it's impossible for them to to accomplish that no and it would drastically cut into their tv advertising budget yes yes it would (laughs) it's now i just i look at it and i and you know, every once in a while I'll get stuck on an airplane with somebody that is most likely not a hunter and Hey, I'll whip out a hunting magazine <laughs> or if I don't have it, I'll start looking at gun broker on my phone. Yeah. And 
you know, we'll just start, you know, talking about it. And they, you know, 30 seconds into the conversation, they don't have any information to contribute. And I'm like, yeah, well, why would you be against hunting? Well, it's, it's mean for the animal. I'm like, well, have you ever seen an animal die of starvation? I can tell you what happens to them on our side, you know, with the effective management is, is better. You know, have you seen them eaten by a wolf? Like, like if you think wolves are great and I'd love someday to see wolves and hear them how, but you know what, if, if you think they need to be introduced everywhere, just pull up a video of how L of how an elk is eaten by a pack of wolves for minutes before mm -hmm. it's actually dead. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah. You can see that on any, yeah, any of the, you know, they show it all day long on national geographic in Africa, you know, lions and hyenas and everything, just mm -hmm. pulling the guts out of something or, or whatnot. But yeah, uh, you know, I think for anybody who's just against it, um, then I would imagine they never get a steak at a restaurant or go to the grocery store and get any meat at all. Because what's the, I mean, to me, it's just like this, some crazy hypocrisy there. I mean, what is the mm -hmm. difference? Really? What's the difference? Lazy. Um, they want somebody else to do it for them. Yeah. They right. want the meat. They just don't want to think about it. Right. But the, the animals we are talking about are wild animals where, you know, if you want to get into this, they are, they have all kinds of the, the environmental, they have predators, they have whatever, you know, aspects coming at them, trying to kill them all day long. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we go out there and put an arrow through them or a bullet or, or whatnot, um, they're living in their, in their wild environment, you know what I mean? And their death through a, you know, because of a hunter is, is actually pretty natural. I mean, what's the, or just another predator. That's the thing is, is humans are just another predator. Yeah. I, I don't know why we're separate from, you know, what a, I mean, obviously we are because we're humans and in our intellect, but when, when it comes to hunting an animal and, and, and trying to kill an animal while well, mountain lion's trying to do that and a wolf is trying to do that. And, and bears sometimes, you know, they try to do that. Depends on the bear we're talking about or whatever. But I mean, and coyotes and foxes and whatever, you know, down to marmots and everything, everything's hunting something, you know? So when we come into the equation, why is it so different when we come into the equation? And when we do it, generally, uh, the, the, the vast majority of the time, it's the most efficient death that that animal could expect. I mean, it's not expecting it, but you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. the most efficient death that that animal could ever have. And it, I would say generally really would. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've shot a lot of animals with, with an arrow and, um, some of them don't even know it. I have shot animals where arrows have gone through them and they stand there and they keep feeding. And, uh, I mean, I have videos of that and hunting whitetail and I'm like, did I miss? <laughs> And all of a sudden the animal just falls over. Like it didn't even know it was it, that it was hit. It's not always yeah. like that, but in, in the other times they, they, they take the arrow and they run for, I don't know, 60 yards and they fall over. They just know yeah. something happened. They fall over and they're dead. So to your point, you know, no, we're not, we're not eating them alive from the inside out and we're there, you know, alive and, and 
watching it streaming or whatever you know yeah. watching the whole thing no it's it's um we play we play an important role in the life and death of of uh of all wildlife yeah and it's we're hunters are a management tool like us or not yeah wildlife populations are in better shape with us here than without us well that's a very important point yeah i mean that's the that's the point we sort of need to get across and and it's not just saying that we can show that you know that's 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 the message i'd like to get out to everybody yeah well charles tell us tell us where people can go to check out your website and and get involved yeah it's howlforwildlife.org we're also on um, I, the social media posts I, I do on Instagram. And then after I do that, it just gets shared to Twitter or, or Facebook. Um, but everything basically begins at an Instagram. But howlforwildlife.org is the website. You can sign up for free, which is basically just creating an account. And then there is a, a a button on the web page that says take action and you go to that take action page and it's basically clickable pictures of different issues that's going on in each state and you can read the content about it and what's going on but at the bottom there's a button that'll say add your howl add your voice and when you do that emails or calls whatever it is that we have set up will be sent out to the decision makers who are connected to that issue so that whole process um, honestly would take less than 10 seconds for everybody. And you can take the way it's set up is anybody in any state can take action on any issue that's going on in any state. You do not have to be a resident of that state to take action on that, on that issue. Um, furthermore, the website is gamified. So what that means is when you create an account, every action that you take or other things that we have going on there, there's a point value assigned to that. So you get a, enough points racked up and you're automatically entered into some pretty cool contests that we have with some partners. Um, like we just gave away a stone glacier uh, solo backpack uh, for one, which was, which was pretty sweet to, to two guys who, you know, they didn't, they just had enough points and their name was entered into a drawing and they got an email that said, Hey, guess what? You're going to win. And nice. you, you won. And you know, what's your address? And they got the backpacks now. Um, and then also, you know, when you take action, you get a, a confirmation email that says, thank you for doing this. In that email, we have other participating partners that um, are offering discount codes. So you get it in your email where it's a clickable link. So when you buy something on their website, the code auto populates in the checkout. So um, it's pretty sweet and it's just incentivizing and, and hopefully keeping people involved um, in these issues. You know, we're trying to be creative with it. Um, we got a lot of new things coming to make that even better. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a place where anybody can come and, and, and you know, while they're standing in line for coffee, take action in probably most states that are going on. And right now, and the cool thing is there's pro hunting bills. How many times have you heard, how, do, how come we're always on our heels? We're always on the defense. How do we get on the offense? And I mean, this is a great question. <laughs> when the Humane Society goes to a state and they submit a, a, a valid petition, um, the valid paperwork for, for them to get something 
um, considered in a state to generally take away hunting rights. We can do the same thing. You know, I mean, I, I don't know why we don't more and, and get behind that, but it's, it's not like it's just limited to them. It's not like it's just limited to taking away. We can add two. So that's important. That's something we really need to start doing and then getting behind that. Um, right now we have, we have some pro hunting bills. Let's see, there's four that I'm putting up, but I'm trying to think of how many are up right now. There's at least two that are up right now. Maybe, maybe three. No, no, there's three that's up right now adding some more this week. But um, that's the other thing is being not just being on the defensive, being on the offensive and, um, and taking it that route. I mean, that's, that's something we don't do enough of. So, so we're trying to give voice to that as well. Very good. Yeah. It's, you just don't think about that. You, you know, it's something you have, you just don't think about needing to push forward to ensure that you have something that, you know, for, you know, for us, we've had it our whole lives. You just, I don't know if take it for granted is the right term, but maybe that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So, well, I know, I know here at Pope and Young, it's a, it's a part of our mission, you know, to help protect bow hunting and bow hunting opportunities. So that's why we thought this was such a, a good opportunity to have you on and hear about what you guys are doing, not just for bow hunting, but for hunting, fishing and, uh, you know, outdoors in general. So um, you know, we've partnered in the past. We look forward to continue that partnership in the future. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Well, folks, if you haven't, haven't checked it out, go search for Howl for wildlife. Um, it doesn't take long to, to sign up to where it literally takes seconds to participate in issues affecting sportsmen and women, um, all over the country. Now, are you guys just in the United States right now? Yeah. Um, I, I've been, uh, looking, we, we can do our, our software set up to, for Canada as well. Um, and I know there's, there's a lot of issues going on there that I've been contacted about. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, trying to build this up for, for, for here in the States first. And, and then once we do, I'll certainly would like to get involved in, in that as well, but our software will reach the decision makers. Um, in Canada as well. And what I mean by that is like, you know, it's a, it's kind of an automated system. So, um, we're not sending emails that just get sent to spam folders or whatever else it's, it's, um, I think it's called whitelisted, but, um, the, you know, they're, they're not just going out into the stratosphere, they're going to the right people. And, and we can track that as well, that, that they are, that your emails are actually going to the right people. Now, are you able to track how of these emails that are getting sent are, are the folks, oh yes yeah. are they actually getting open yeah yeah okay. so um i checked it today uh i i, th I think it's like 176,000 um emails have been have been sent out nice um, so far yeah so and it has been talked about a lot on um from from these decision makers i was in i was in colorado a few weeks ago for the the hearing on that and two of the senators brought up the emails i've, I've gotten direct emails from um uh commission members um or, or other senators that are just like what's going on we've never seen <laughs> we've never yeah. seen the hunting community you know send so many emails like maybe we got 100 here or 100 before but what's going on right now you know and our, our calling campaigns they started answering the phones with are you are you calling to oppose this bill because 
every phone call they were getting was was about that. So it's good. It, it, yeah, no, it's certainly making it's it's certainly making a difference for sure, and it it is it is being recognized hundred yeah. percent. Gee, imagine if the silent majority all of a sudden is no longer silent. Mm, yeah. So well, there, well, there's there's sixty to eighty million sportsmen, um, hunters, anglers, and 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 the shooting sport in the United States. So uh, that's where that's who we are trying to engage first. Imagine that. Yep. Great that's, point. That's a big voice. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for what you're doing on behalf of hunters and fishermen all across the country. And uh, like I said, we, we look forward to a continued partnership with you guys. And so let us know. Um, we'll, we'll be working on places where we can configure that all out. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Have yeah, a good day. Thank, thanks for being here. Yep. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Jason.